0: I get up and go to the bathroom after the after we retired in top of third. I'm in the bathroom, and they start the rally. So I want to come out of the bathroom, and my buddy's like, no, no, you got to stay in the bathroom. Because I, wa- I had watched the rest of the game. Peeking around the corner from the bathroom, they won't let
1: me out. You are listening to Cofield and Company live from the Battleborne Broadcast Center on ESPN, Las Vegas. They
2: brought me food. Oh my God! Food. You gotta be you kidding me! You looked at your phone. I was
1: texting
3: you during the game, and I was going, "Cause I'm in the bathroom. They won't let me out. It's great.
4: Oh my, my God!" <laughs>
2: Oh, my God. You got to be kidding me. That's about as Philly as you can get. Candy, are you on board with the Las Vegas Phillies in spite of hearing Guy talk about bathroom story with uh, one of the hosts on The Fanatic? Are you cool with this?
4: Oh, it's all schadenfreude for me with the Phillies. I want to see the Phillies win Just so that they can say firing Joe Girardi was the best thing they ever did, and that that's the reason that they won the World Series. And, you know, cool for Bryce
2: Harper, too. Cuz, don't talk like that. Cuz, I wanna hear it. You're gonna get, I'm sticking you in the bathroom. I think we rebrand the show. We try to be a little more East Coast. Let's say, you know what we need on this show is we need, what we need on the station, and I'm gonna warn you now, this is smart aleck time. What we need on the station is, 10a to 6p, the east coast sports talk block. We can just kind of carry the momentum from 10 to 3. I kid because I care, but yeah, Philly is very unique, so so are you know, New Yorkers. And you know, why I say that, Midwesterners are lunatic sports fans, Southerners with football, everyone's got their own flavor and flair. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hate on it, but yeah, that was from the Fanatic in Philly, and the guy was a good luck charm because of the comeback. He had to stay on the crapper for multiple innings <laughs> watching watching the game. To build on the convo we just had with John Mattis, he's a writer, uh, covers hockey for the score, and talking about the, the bizarro character that Phil Kessel is, and Kessel's now with the Knights, and last night he set the Ironman record, which is still, when you think about it, is incredible – um, I saw them put up a graphic during the Knights game last night because Chelios and Messier were on the broadcast, and they fired up the, you know, the 990-plus for Kessel, and they had Chelios and Messier, longest playing streaks, consecutive game streaks, not bad, but just barely over a couple of years. Like, one was 177, one was like 156. Uh, what this guy has done is crazy, and that story, and again, we just tweeted it out on ESPN Las Vegas, The fact that he's got this, like, special skill of avoiding a lot of contact in a sport that is all about contact is pretty amazing. And then you were busting my horns about I was not comparing myself to Phil Kessel in terms of athleticism. My whole point was that you cover sports long enough, you see bad body athletes, at least by the standards, and not all ripped and muscly, who are actually achievers. And, And, you know, one of the sports that I covered for a long time, really both of them, there are times in boxing, you size up a fight and you're like, oh, look at the Hulk all ripped up and look at, you know, flabby guy. And then flabby guy is much more skilled and better and more athletic and wins the fight. And that is often the case in MMA. A couple of guys I covered who are now retired. One is a local from Cimarron High School, Roy Nelson. And Roy walked a, Roy probably could have fought at 215 pounds. He was more comfortable fighting at 250 pounds with a big belly. But I remember... You know, hearing about his high school, high school exploits, like he was a good athlete. He was saying at six foot and two sixty with a big belly that he could still dunk. And you're like, okay. Some people just some people just have it. And the other one is, I totally buy into this one. Um, the mention of Phil Kessel and his surprising strength, because you never know who you lock horns with sometimes. Where you're like, whoa, where is this coming from? The best example of that in MMA is a guy named Daniel Cormier who's now become you know kind of a star doing the media cormier was a olympic level wrestler great college wrestler at oklahoma state well he's he's comfortable he's 5'11 he's candy he's comfortable walking around at 5'11 and 255 pounds but people said when you would lock up with him right i'm getting into a into a wrestling position but or you know whatever mma his his clench like if he grabbed you behind your neck you were like holy crap I can't get out of this, and this guy's throwing me around, even though I'm all muscly, right? I'm all yoked up. I can't move. And that's just the way it is sometimes with with athletes. We see it in baseball, right? How many baseball is like the fatso sport. There are guys who are built like brick ass houses. And then there's other guys who are how is Candy? How is Reyes Moranta a major league pitcher who can throw 97 miles an hour? The, the guy's 6'1 and like 280 pounds. Well, let's let's make the perfect Phil
4: Kessel comparison. How did David Wells stay healthy for as many years as David Wells stayed healthy? He had a rubber arm, and he is a guy who talked about all of his exploits with drinking and food and not taking care of himself at all. And then you've got guys who come out of the lab, like Mark Pryor, who they're like, we've perfected the mechanics. We have figured it out. He will never have to have Tommy John. Oh, Oh, Dusty Baker blew his arm out. He's having Tommy John. You never had to worry about that with David Wells. David Wells is out there getting drunk the night before his perfect game, and he was able to get the job done. So, look, if you are born with athletic freak genes, the fact that you decide to make your diet more about jack-in-the-box than private
2: chef is probably your own business that you can work your way around. Were you fishing there to find out what uh, this show's fatty today had for lunch? Because uh, it was not the picture of health. I was a little short on time. Uh, got the 32-ounce Pepsi and then a mystery hot dog or sausage from a convenience store. Oh, you went gas station uh, gas station tube steak today, huh? And yeah. shocking mm. for me, there mm. was no price on it. And I rolled the dice. I was desperate. I was real desperate today.
4: I, I'm going to say under $3. What, what did What did you pay for that gas station tube steak?
2: Well, here's the good news and the bad news. We're at the Battleborn Broadcast Center today. I'm here often. The gas station is right near the BBC. The dog was only 125. That's not a good thing for my diet. No, I will not, not forget. I will not forget the value on that dog. And that could be a staple of Wednesday
4: show diet. I will never forget the value on that dog. What a love <laughs> letter to a gas station hot dog. I'll never forget the value of that dog. Mustard and ketchup, and it only cost me five quarters. I love you so much, and I'll see you at 245 next week.
2: You know, we, we started a, uh, a podcast. We're doing a UNLV podcast every week. Uh, UNLV All Access Podcast. Caleb Herring does that. Curtis Terry is going to be joining in pretty soon on on basketball, and we branched out and we're doing a UNLV Broadcaster Bites because you know from the Mountain West, uh, you know trail when you go to these cities, there's really interesting places, and so we're kind of taking pictures and judging the food and you know, kind of a poor man's uh, podcast about this whole thing. Like that hot dog, that hot dog value will be part of. I, I have to mention it. That's the, those are the kind of things I live for. I was like, I got lunch and some crackers and a soda and a dog. It was three ninety four. Yeah, victory on a Wednesday. Absolutely, And let me just say,
4: when we're talking about Mountain West food, that $3.95 meal, that $1.25 hot dog, that just zoomed it ahead of like four Mountain West cities of a meal you could get at any restaurant anywhere along the road. Like Fresno is looking at that and saying, Ooh, okay. I remember walking into a gas station in Fresno, staying in a hotel there for a Mountain West trip. And there was a cooler full of MGD, not Miller Lite, MGD with a cardboard sign handwritten next to it that said 79 cents a bottle. And they were like swimming in this liquid that might have been water and God only knows what else it might have been. And I thought, I don't think I should be eating anything in this place, nothing at all. But I feel like this might have been a place for you. I feel like you would have been right at home there. Like you would have grabbed three of those MGDs and what a a mystery package of crackers and been the happiest man on earth.
2: Yeah, truth be told, um, I the last couple days I hit some convenience stores in areas I don't normally hang out in, and I was like, way too nice. I'm like, I like this place. Uh, A lot of these Mountain West trips and the 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 Notre Dame trip was actually interesting going with UNLV football because South Bend and as it turned out, Michigan City are very old cities. Oh, I was so at home. Uh, we, Although I will say, I walked into a couple of restaurants and I'm like, don't like it, too nice, too fancy. And then when I hit the dumpy places, I was like, here we go, here we go. Little old school flavor. So, so Phil, uh, Phil Kessel is new to the market, right? Huh. And if you read the story, and you know, we have a lot of hockey fans who know who Phil Kessel is and the Stanley Cup and the hot dogs, like even, you know, I knew about that whenever it was years ago. And I, I was like, oh, this is unbelievable. You know, big time athlete who's loves, 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 loves hot dogs. It's kind of interesting the way the Knights are reacting around him. I want to read you a quote here in a second, but let's replay the moment last night, Ari, if you've got this. Our 522 point in the show, because we moved some things around. Chris Matthews is going to be joining us in about 15 minutes. He was scheduled at 5, so as we adjust. He's
4: he's having some hot dogs right now.
2: Yes. Um, Here's the moment last night when Kessel sets the Ironman record.
3: Ready to go here at SAP Center. They drop the puck. We're underway. Phil Kessel has broken the NHL Ironman record. 990 consecutive games. Played the puck just outside the line, and the whistle is for offside. 990 consecutive games for Phil Kessel. The enigmatic everyman is now the NHL's Ironman.
2: Yeah! I mean, that's, a, that's as good as you can do when, when they don't really stop the game for a record like this. You just gotta, gotta kind of mix it in. But the other cool thing was, and Dan du was awesome, um, Nitro Radio Network there. Uh, the other thing was, he also capitalizes on the opportunity and comes up. He almost scored 400 the other night, but he actually got it done last night.
3: Howden guides it towards center. It's Kessel coming ahead. Kessel closes in towards the net. He shoots. He scores. Phil Kessel, goal 400 in consecutive game 990. A breakaway for Phil Kessel. His first strike as a member of the Golden Knights, 1-0 Vegas with four minutes to go in the first period.
2: Dynamites, and I'm telling you, I think this guy, as long as he's you know somewhat productive, is going to be a fan favorite for however long he's here in Vegas.
4: Ranks right up there for me with uh, Wade Boggs getting his 3,000th hit with the Devil Rays and Ichiro getting well, his 3,000th well. American hit with the Miami Marlins. Like, no, just watching like reactions of teammates where, yeah. like, you're going up and everybody feels obligated, like you have to go up and give a little hug and a dap, and but you're still kind of looking at things like, I, I don't really, I don't know. You've never talked to you before, but I'm supposed <laughs> to do this.
2: Yeah. Well, how about this line? Uh, I I saw this. This was was from Sapienzo, Fox 5. Uh, Chandler Stevenson on the impact of Phil Kessel in the locker room, the VGK locker room. He's the glue. That's what we all joke about. He's kind of a guy that brings a team together and makes it fun to come to the rink every day. Do you think Stevenson was kind of forced to say something and that's what he came up with? Or has Kessel had this sort of impact already?
4: He's been here for like a minute Of the Golden Knights' existence. If he's the glue already, I have questions about what was going on in the Golden Knights' locker room well, prior to that.
2: You've actually, maybe you've hit on something here. Mm.
4: What was one of the
2: stories last year about the locker room? And Alec Martinez was one who mentioned it. And I don't know that that anyone really came out and spoke about it at length. I mean, they definitely pointed to Ryan Reeves being gone. And, and they're, they're different guys or different types of players, different sorts of personalities can be influential in a locker room, and this locker room did need something. There, there did seem there were some issues last year in terms of fire. I don't know that Kessel's the fire guy, but if Stevenson's talking about him you know, glowingly, he, there's got to be some impact.
4: Well, the question last year was, why is it certain guys speaking up and trying to fire up the team versus other guys speaking up and trying to fire the team? Why does it have to be a guy who isn't one of the captain, alternate captain, et cetera, who has to be the one to speak up? Because Pete DeBoer basically reached into the bag of tricks and tried everything. He tried the turning the tables over. He tried the silent tree. He tried everything he could. And so the Golden Knights maybe just needed to break the tension just a little bit. I don't know. I'm we're we're grasping at straws when we talk about things like chemistry because there are all these nebulous concepts that numbers guys like me look at and go, I don't know. How
2: do you quantify that? That's Adam Candy. It's Cofield. Five o'clock hour here on Cofield and Company. Giveaway time, 364-1100, 364-1100. Elton John coming to town, playing the owl on November 1st. Caller 7, grab your tickets from Ari. A pair of tickets, 364-1100, 364-1100. Before we get a break, I'll ask you the other day, Adam Hill kind of poo-pooed the fast start. That was actually before the weekend and saying that, hey, the schedule just hasn't been that good. What do you think of the six and two start? What do you think of the impact of Cassidy so far?
4: What was the problem with the Golden Knights last year when it came time for them to win games they had to win? And I'm talking about against inferior opponents like my New Jersey Devils who were out of it last year by the time the VGK played them. They couldn't win those games. They weren't beating teams they were supposed to beat. So right now, if you are the Golden Knights, I don't care who the opponent is. You have to reestablish
1: that you can beat those teams. Join Cofield and Company on Thursdays for the live 2-5 to five show at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. During all NFL games this season, get 77-cent beers. It's Thursday Night Football at Silver 7's Flamingo and Paradise
3: oh another technical
1: that goes on eight he has three fouls in this game and look
4: at booker and look at clay thompson yeah. are continuing to go at one another i'm here for it people
3: just tell me your views on what happened and how that all played out
4: man i love clay thompson you know that doesn't excuse us from competing against each other and, and talking a little mess with each other so i have fun with it big fan of his and his in his competitive nature um
2: and that's that Boy, that was interesting. Suns just smashed GSW. Clay Thompson gets ejected from the game. You hear Reggie Miller and the crew getting all fired up because there was some trash talk. I like Devin Booker. Like, you would never know that guy. What is he, 26 now? You would never know that guy is still a very young player. He sounds incredibly mature, and he makes a great point there. Like, yeah, we we understand they've won a lot. It doesn't mean we're going to back down to them. And Candy, I know when you watched it, you were like, Wait a second here. Why is Clay Thompson the one who is kind of breaking in the moment? What does that say? You got yourself ejected from the game because you wanted to trash talk so much and keep throwing up the fours. As Shaq would say when they were trying to get, you know, go from 3p to the 4p at the parade, throw up the fours. Um what does it say about Clay Thompson? Relax, dude.
4: But there's nothing relaxed about the Warriors right now. And we're not just talking about Jordan Poole and Draymond Green. You have a team that realizes that something isn't right. And when you have Klay Thompson out there throwing up the four and pointing to his wrist, to me, when you're talking about the past in the present, you're losing. I'm a Yankees fan. You're a Yankees fan, Cofield. I don't want to hear anything else about the legends. I don't want to hear anything else about 27 championships. If you're talking about how many championships you've won in the past, you're talking about it because you haven't won anything recently. And that's what's weird to me about the Warriors. You won last year. So if you won last year, why do you have to take that approach with Devin Booker? They know who you are. At least they should. But they're worried. To me, that shows me how worried the Golden State Warriors are about being able to hold this thing together. And that, to me, is the kind of thing that gives me a look inside the locker room that we're not getting. It's the kind of thing where we look and say, well, how are things in Golden State right now? They're not good. They're not good for the Golden State Warriors. I'm not talking about losing to the Phoenix Suns last night. I'm talking about one of your superstar players, one of your core players, feeling the need to flash his rings in front of a player who has none, who's won nothing. Why? What's the point? Let it speak for yourself. I remember back in the day when we would be at NAU, when I were, where I went to college, we would talk about, oh, Weber State, our big rival. One of our columnists from the local paper went up to Weber State to cover the game and was talking to people at Weber oh, no. State, and they're like, oh, what? No. NAU? <laughs> Who's NAU? I don't know NAU. <laughs> we don't care about that. Because that's how we felt because we were losing to them all the time. Yeah, That's what I'm talking about with Clay Thompson. Act like you're the winner. You don't need to show them anything. They know who you are.
2: That's hilarious. Yeah. Don't punch down. And when you start punching down, that that means that you you're you're feeling a bit in jeopardy that you're. And, and in Clay Thompson's case, listen, he's come back from two devastating injuries. I'm sure there are at moments uh, confidence issues with him because you you you're probably feeling like, hey man, this sucks. I don't feel the way I used to. I don't think I can do what I used to all the time. But we know what confidence is, Cofield. Confidence is four rings.
4: Confidence is no matter what else happens along the road here. I have four rings. I am one of the best players in NBA history, and Devin Booker is a kid. And yeah, you know what? When you look at Devin Booker, damn near 10 years younger than you, and see what he's doing right now, you are looking into a funhouse mirror where you see a guy who you used to be. But that's okay because you have four rings, and you don't need to tell anybody that you do.
1: Want the skinny on UNLV football? Listen to the weekly UNLV All-Access podcast with Cofield and Caleb Herring. A new episode drops each Thursday morning at UNLV All-Access on Twitter.
2: Oh, my
4: gosh. I don't know. Hopefully someday. I don't know. I think I'm at negative yards right now because I caught a ball batted back to
3: me. So one day, maybe.
1: (laughs) Now. Back to Coalfield and Company at the Battleborne Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas.
2: Derek Carr speaking today to the media. You know, one of the guys, Candy, who is out there covering uh, media access, media availability for the Raiders is our buddy Mark McMillan, who's been doing really good work with us for years as an NFL insider. He is really marketing himself and his food business. He is now going to introduce his own line of olive oils. (laughs) I can't wait to talk to him on Friday. This is awesome. Well, Mark is also part of 8 News Now. We bring on Chris Matthews, not just to announce that Mark's got another gig. We want to chat about all things sports around Las Vegas. Chris, of course, a veteran of the biz. We're not saying you're old, Chris. How you doing, buddy? (laughs) Hey, go ahead and say it because I am getting old. I don't feel old, though, not at all. Yeah, we all are. And uh, we need the wisdom. You know, we need the wisdom going back uh, decades on UNLV sports to put everything in perspective. First of all, um, yeah, what do you think of Mark? Uh, you know, I know you guys have been talking for a while. Now Mark's part of the uh, the package and on the pregame show. That's really cool for Channel 8.
0: No, it was great. We had him on last week to kind of see, hey, does he really want to do this? Is he excited about this? Is he kind of like the format? Uh, Raiders pregame live every Sunday morning. Would he want to get up and do that? And because uh, last year we had Brandon Marshall. He went and did something else. So we kind of been looking around we'd like to get somebody mark was terrific i'm so happy that he wanted to do it uh that he that he that he's committed to it he likes it i i love the fact that he's uh you know he has some ideas with his grilling and you know mcmillan and grilling and and all the fun stuff that we'll do down the road with that so i'm really excited that he wanted to be part of our our team here on our Raiders show and yeah we love that show and and all the and we'll have him on doing other stuff too we got uh, a brand new sports show called sports rap coming on on Saturdays and Sundays after big CBS programming events, most specifically coming on after Raider games and and big basketball or the Masters or whatever. So we have that new show, then game on Vegas. So there'll be some good opportunities for uh, for Mighty Mouse to come on and do some fun things with us.
2: Yeah, we got to get some height adjustments because uh, you know I know Kevin, he was out at I was watching the the sound was down. I was at a bar, surprise, uh, but I was watching the Sport Trap on sunday and kevin he has the real tough job of kind of wrapping up what's going on in the stadium getting the fans perspective so uh you're building quite the crew here
0: yeah it was fun she was able to get Brevin uh, jordan's mom to kind of talk that. about you know his first experience back with uh in las vegas and playing in Allegiant stadium and how proud she was and and of course a lot of people know uh Jordan, all the great things he did at Gorman, and so it's kind of, it, it's, it's a fun show, it's a lot of fun, I'm glad we're, we're, we've kind of expanded our staff to where we're able to do these neat things and provide our viewers, you know, all things Raiders, all things sports, Rebels, Knights, all the stuff that's going on now, there's so much, just yesterday we had the uh, G League Ignite Media Day, so we're getting to see these guys now, there's just something going on every single day.
2: It's crazy, and I'm glad you're adding programming because you know for a while there, uh, you know everyone seemed to be cutting, but things have just exploded from a sports standpoint. There's so many stories to cover, and, and if I had asked you, Chris Matthews, ten years ago that the world's richest sport may be landing and investing mil- tens of millions of dollars that F1 F1 would be here and is going to transform uh, parts you know of the strip and areas around the strip. This story is incredible.
0: Uh, incredible indeed, and I don't even think, I talk to some of the people that are kind of on the inside of getting this thing going and making plans, and and they've got the plans, and they'll announce them at the start of the year, and they'll start working on the roads and the streets and Fremont Street and making this thing all F1 uh, ready, is people don't realize how big this thing is going to be from an international stage. You know, we get the Super Bowl, and you get you know all these different events. This will be by far, far and away, the biggest event that we'll ever touch in Vegas, and its I'm excited about this. I mean, just look at the tickets today. They announced the, uh, the tickets will go on sale, and the minimum is $500 uh, for, a, a, for a three-day deal for, the, uh, for Formula One. So it's not a cheap thing. It's not a, uh, it's not a beer and pretzels crowd. It's going to be a wine and cheese or a caviar and, and wine type of crowd. That is for sure, but it will be Gigantic.
4: All right, Chris, I'm going to do the old guy thing since there are three of us uh, experienced journalists here. Uh, if we were to look back from, let's say, I don't know, just like Cofield said, 10, 15, 20 years ago, from the scene we used to cover in this town, which was UNLV and the Pips. And you know, now we have everything that's going on. Like, What has it been like for you to see the growth of professional sports in Las Vegas? you know really it's
0: been a dream come true in terms of like what we do because now there's something every single day and it's not and it and it's on a big stage it's uh it's national stories it's major stories it's you know LeBron Ch- James and he wants to be bring an NBA team here it's uh, Phil Kessel breaking a mark here it's 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 not a uh, nothing against UNLV or the Wranglers or or the uh, Thunder or whatever used to be here it, it you know this these are major stories with major players in these stories and it's so fun that every day we're talking about something like today we have Phil Kessel on channel eight. We have, uh, you know, we have Derek Carr on channel eight. And, and it, it's, those kind of stories to me. It just, I have to still pinch myself when I walk into Allegiant stadium and say, man, we have an NFL franchise and not just any NFL franchise, one of the iconic NFL franchises of, uh, of the league. And so it's just kind of, it is so neat to see that and to see the, uh, Las Vegas Aces win the WNBA championship and they shut down the strip and they didn't realize it would be as big as it was. They shut down the other side of the strip. I mean, Las Vegas is hungry for that. They love that kind of stuff. It's big time sports. And, you know, Asia Wilson, you could put her name up there with all these others now that are, that are iconic Las Vegas type figures that, that, we would have never gotten before and that now they're here part of the community making it happen here in Las Vegas it is so much fun and I'm just I just kind of feel blessed to be part of all what's what's happened
2: Chris Matthews KLAS 8 news now he's the sports guy all right give me your take on the Raiders they get out of the gates two and four what's the vibe right now that you're feeling now they go four or five on the road can they pull off you know a four and one a three and two or could this just basically end the season they go two and three or one and four in these next five spots
0: I know. I doesn't it almost seem like they went three of the next four? It almost seems that way, and I think they have to. These two road games, certainly, certainly winnable games. Obviously, New Orleans. You know, they might have you know this this offense with the most points, and they're scoring all these points and and the passing yards and blah blah blah. But what they do do is they turn the ball over a lot. Um, so Vegas has a chance there. They're, they're starting Andy Dalton this week, so I'm thinking. Well, that's you know that doesn't seem like it's all that impressive. I just think it seems like right now. With all the turnovers and all that the Saints are doing right now, that's a very beatable team. And Jacksonville, who knows about Jacksonville? They're they're kind of a head scratching team. You come back and you play home with uh, the Colts. That's a winnable game, and then you go to Denver, who's who's big question marks with Denver. I mean, Russell Wilson with the injury—is he going to be healthy? What's going on with Jerry Judy and their defense? It just seems like there's so many questions that, yeah, could they could they win all four? Yeah, they certainly could. Should they win 3 of the 4 I think they should they probably will so it's going to be interesting to see what happens and and then you got then you got the Seahawks who just surprised everybody this past weekend so like they say no no NFL game is easy a lot of parity i love the parity in the league i think it's so neat that you see you know Tampa Bay scoring 3 points on a week when they have Tom Brady as a as a quarterback it just kind of makes things fun i think so yeah i'm excited about these these next uh, these next three games, I think, very winnable. I think if they can win three of the four, puts them in a real good spot to uh, come home and play the Chargers and then you know the, the Patriots. And I, it almost doesn't it almost seem like it'll come down to those final two games once again uh, in January when you got the 49ers and the Chiefs. And if they win maybe one of those two, they get a playoff spot or something. It just it's kind of setting up for another fun fun close like we had last year with the Chargers rolling in here that it goes into overtime. So I don't know, but we'll see what
2: happens. But I'm excited about this Saints game. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a good game. And obviously the, the matchup against Taysom Hill, I don't know how impactful it'll be. It could be incredibly impactful. Um, I wanted to mention uh, college sports here for a second because uh, I was looking at uh, Chris's uh, Twitter account, which is very entertaining. A lot of good retweets, a lot of good statements out there. A lot of strong stuff at, uh, at Sports 8. Um, I know you follow Utah sports pretty closely, the state of Utah What'd you make of the uh, the recent numbers that were tweeted out about BYU viewership?
0: Oh, I, yeah, I'm surprised. Well, I'm not surprised. I mean, I, I guess as a Utah guy, I can't. I'm surprised anything that BYU does well is, is terrific. But they've always <laughs> had a terrific following, a strong following wherever they go. BYU has as a Utah guy, I hate to admit that. Uh, but you, you know, Utah was right behind them. I think they were what one or two back of the uh, the viewership numbers. So. Utah's coming on. You, BYU will always – they can go anywhere, and they'll get tons of fans at their games, which is always impressive. And I think that impressed the Big 12. That's why they're, they're such an attractive team to a conference like that is They do bring in those kind of numbers. But I like what Utah's doing. The viewership really for Utah and BYU is strong, solid right now. So, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's impressive. It really is. And the, if you focus on BYU, that, that's been that way for years and years. They can go play a team – back east and then there'll be a ton of BYU fans at the game regardless
4: Utah 43 USC 42 how you feeling Chris (laughs) great game (laughs) wasn't
0: wasn't that wasn't that a great game hey he went for two right he went for two um fun game terrific game I like uh the quarterback rising's playing well um it's and the whole atmosphere there you know what all changed all that stuff up there was the Olympics because they renovated the stadium up there for the uh, for the winter games made it kind of you know they upgraded all this the press box they improved it a lot and then with with moving to the Pac 12 and getting out money just added to it so it's a it's a fabulous facility if you ever have a chance to go up to Salt Lake City in the fall and enjoy yourself and go to Park City try to catch a game because it really is a lot of fun now the atmosphere there is terrific they got the fan base the students are or uh, rabid, they love the Utes, and it's just totally different from when I went there. So I'm I'm happy to see how it's changed. But uh, yeah, great game beating uh, beating USC. That was a lot of fun, and right to the end. So it made it uh, it made it a great evening.
2: Chris Matthews, eight news now is whether you can follow him on Twitter at Sports Eight. I always feel bad when we have TV people on you. You you do all this work to be on TV, and then we're pitching Twitter accounts, right? It's the way of the world now. But uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely watch definitely watch the sports rap and the the growing crew of of sports broadcasters with. Uh, KLS uh, locally, I you know I don't I don't know what came out today. Maybe uh, you know someone with a, a big following tweeted about Michigan and UNLV next year. I saw you retweeted something about it because um, that game has been known for a while. Um, first of all, what do you think of UNLV at Notre Dame? And what's the biggest environment you've been to uh, traveling? You know, we're a college football environment, where you're like, wow, this is kind of next level stuff. Like even I'm impressed. Um,
0: I, when I worked in uh, New York for a couple of years, we went to all the Penn State home games. That is just a different atmosphere. That atmosphere there, tailgating at, uh, in Happy Valley is something else, something that hopefully you have a chance to, to see someday. So I've been you know, to Penn State games. I've been to the, uh, the big house. I saw Michigan play Utah at the big house at, you know, in Ann Arbor, so that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, UCLA and, and some of the you know, the Rose Bowl is okay. Some of those big stadiums, like that, like the Big House or the Rose Bowl, are so big and spread out that it's not a an atmosphere that you go, wow, this is wild inside. It's crazy because it's it's just so spread out. You don't get the vibe of being right on top of the action or all that kind of stuff. So, there's been some pretty big games at, the, at some pretty interesting places that I've been to, but to probably Penn State with uh, you know Penn State and Michigan or or, or something like that. But I, I love college football. I'm a big fan of of, of the game and. And yeah, with Michigan releasing its, I guess, dates. now, they knew they were going to play UNLV. Like, what is it, September 9th Now, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So plan your plan your uh, plan your days and and go, get a chance to go to Namor, Notre Dame. Or if you didn't have a chance to go to Notre Dame, now you have a chance to go to uh, Ann Arbor. Fly to Detroit. It's not that expensive to make the drive over and, and enjoy that because I mean it is fun. It's something you got to see. It's the big
2: house, right? No doubt. Uh, no doubt. Um... All right, what do you think of UNLV down the stretch here? They, you know, they had an uneven season a lot because of injuries and a lot because the middle of the season had a bunch of, you know, really physical teams. So uh, the perfect storm the wrong way kind of came together. I guess it's the right way by the time. Oh, I, I know. In fact, we were just talking about that in
0: the sports office, how they got to win now two of these next four, and it's a it's kind of the meat of the schedule, right? Except for Reno, they're not very good. But But you go to Hawaii, there's been some pretty good teams that have gone to Hawaii and have yeah. lost. So if you're not focused and dialed in and you go to the islands and – Kind of maybe get caught up. You can easily lose a game there. So uh, there's been some some solid. In fact, I go back to BYU when my buddies were all BYU fans, and they, BYU was pretty solid. They'd go over the islands and they'd get beat by a much lesser team. So that's not going to be easy. to you go to San Diego State, then you got Fresno State, Hawaii, and Reno. I kind of hope it actually comes down to UNLV has to beat Reno for that sixth win to become bowl eligible, and they do it. I think that'd be phenomenal. And I don't think Reno's that great. Like I don't think they're that good at all. So UNLV is a better team, should win that game. But I'd love it to come down to a game the Allegiant that you have to win, they win it, and they go to a bowl game. How great would that be? Yep.
2: Freaking tables turned. You know, the Nevada fans can't stand UNLV already. And if they could be the spoiler after a terrible <laughs> season, my God. that oh. they, they already love winning the cannon. Imagine keeping UNLV out of a bowl game. They'd go crazy.
0: Yeah, Steve, really, there was a nice crowd at that Air Force game. I mean, what was it, 27, 28? Almost the entire lower bowl was full. I text Mark uh, Wallington, the SID, and said, Mark, what, what do you think, Siri?" I think he said 27 or whatever, biggest crowd of the season. I was very impressed with, with that. Now, if Reno comes in here and a chance to, to clinch a bowl spot, I think that place would be just rocking.
4: Yeah, and, and Chris, just as a last one here, we talk about uh, the idea of having to beat the pack in the last game. Ask Tony Sanchez. It's no guarantee, uh, even when the back right. is down, uh, about being able to get that sixth win. Right, that, that all thing, all bets are off in a rivalry.
0: That's what makes it fun, too. Though I think that's what would make this game so fun. Is it's a do or die kind of deal. You get the win, you're, you're in. You know, because I think UNLV has a better team, but nothing's guaranteed. So I think it's be the excitement would build all week. Not only is it the rivalry, but it's for more than just you know the cannon. I think it would just be phenomenal. I hope that I hope that's the case. So they actually need to win to get in and to paint the uh, cannon and rent. That, that'd be a terrific week.
2: Chris, before we let you go, we appreciate all the time. Chris Matthews, uh, 8 News Now. Uh, give a pop again to what you guys are doing and expanding coverage with your uh, sports rap show on the weekends.
0: Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, So we started out every uh, Sunday morning. We got uh, Raiders pregame live, so we'll have a half hour. We got Mark McMillan. We're thrilled about that. So we'll have that every single uh, Sunday through the season and the postseason. Then following any large CBS sporting event on Channel 8, we will come out with what we call the sports wrap, and uh, it could be out of a football game on a Saturday, which we've done before. This weekend, it's coming out of some big soccer match on Saturday, so we're going to do that. Uh, We'll have an hour on uh, Sunday with the uh, Raiders, with the sports wrap, following the Raiders show at 2 o'clock, we'll have sports wrap, and then, of course, on Sunday night, we keep it going with Game on Vegas, another half-hour show, and... That's always a lot of fun. Last week, we had Bill Foley on to talk about his big plans and future and the uh, soccer team that he's buying, the Premier League team. Bournemouth over there in England and along the coast and how he wants to expand that, build a new stadium, at least expand the stadium and kind of build more of a feeder system for his Premier League team, which you know he'll do. He bought a house over there, so he's all in, all committed. He's waiting for the final approvals, but that's going to happen for him. And So we, we try to get some pretty cool guests. We had Dana White on to talk about the UFC and stuff, so we we try to be pretty diverse in what we're talking about sports-wise and try to bring in some pretty cool guests. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's it's great. I'm glad we got the staff that we do to be able to cover all these things and, and try to do it right. We try our best. And hopefully, uh, you know, we're getting excited now for that November 5th Formula One Fan Fest that's going to be on the Strip with Formula One cars. The drivers are going to be here. They're going to have a drone show over the uh, Strip and and kind of give, it, give fans an idea of what those big F1 cars are all about. So, uh, yeah, a lot of cool things happening.
2: Chris, you are the man. I'll see you soon. Thanks for doing the spot today.
0: Hey, thank you very much, guys. I appreciate it.
2: There he is, Chris Matthews. Can I go back about three minutes in that? Um, the last thing that UNLV football fans want is for the game at the end of the season, for the cannon, to have the bowl game on the line. I think at a uh, the, the the hope is they can win the next two games, if not at least get one of them, go to Hawaii with the sixth win on the line, and then be able to cruise into the Nevada game with a six win and not leave it to the rivalry spot.
4: Um, yeah, what, what was that? A three win Reno team a few years ago that uh, that, that rose up and ruined the bowl season for UNLV. So it's it's not meant to say UNLV is uh, you know isn't capable of doing it. It's just meant to say be careful what you wish for there.
1: Join Cofield and Company on Fridays for the three to six show at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. There's nothing like a football Friday at Treasure Island. Cofield and Company presents. Grab bag.
3: Don't touch it. Don't even look at it.
1: Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Vegas. All right, Candy.
2: NBA on tap tonight. I'm going to be watching some games. The Lakers are going to get off to a bad start. I know people are freaking out right now with their mark. The schedule sucks. It's a really tough schedule, and they're at Denver tonight. They're only getting five. I think they're going to have a rough time here. And based on some of the numbers, boy, oh, boy, this is a historically bad start from deep. I mean,
4: opponent or no opponent, look at the way they've been shooting. Uh, Right now, the Lakers have shot 22 uncontested threes this year. They've made four of them. Uh, On jump shots overall, they're shooting 23%. The worst ever full season in the NBA was 31%. Yeah, it's a small sample, but then you look at who's on the roster. 200 different players in the last five years have taken at least 1,000 jump shots. Effective field goal percentage, which takes into account how you shoot on threes. Anthony Davis is number 198 at 14.9%. Russell Westbrook, is number 199 at 40.4, and you're like, ah, well, maybe that's just the last few years. No, this year, 167 players have taken at least 10 threes. Westbrook and Davis are getting the most shooting space of any players in the league. The average distance of the closest defender to Russell Westbrook when he attempts a three-pointer is 10 feet and he's shooting 8% from three-point oh, range. God. Anthony Davis is 9.6 feet. He's shooting 20%. Opposing teams are guarding Russell Westbrook with the center. That's how bad things are for the roster construction of the Lakers. I wouldn't expect this to get a whole lot better anytime soon, at least
2: in terms of the shooting. <laughs> Yay, Lakers tonight, 7 o'clock tip on, on ESPN against the Nuggets.
4: Habitat for humanity, built in houses with the bricks. Stick your hand in there, Dave.
2: We're being worked by big food, are we not? This is a bit that I think we've seen multiple times with the departure. We're saying goodbye to the Choco Taco. Now, apparently, the new one, Mexican pizza, right? Uh, the new one is the Mac rib, apparently, is going to do a farewell tour. They're they're going to bring it back, and it's always been a thing they bring back in in, in just blips here and there, so... I mean, it's a good try, and it's a good – I guess it's a good marketing plan. Call it the McFarve. Like, how many retirement
4: tours is, are we going to have for <laughs> the McRibs? McFarve. Yeah. I mean, bo- like, in both cases, we're talking about strange pork products that show up from time to time.
2: I think I'm going to have to book a fast food expert on this The one of the next couple of days.
4: Is, is there is there a fast food expert other than yourself that, that you would like to oh, have this discussion no, I'm, with?
2: I'm actually not. I'm really not a fast food insider. Yeah, there's some people out there who love the Mac Rib, and there's there's actually some other fast food places that are doing something similar to the uh, Mac Rib. So I wonder if uh, we can we'll we'll work on it. We'll work on it. The the crack booking crew will work on that one.
3: Stick your hand in there, Dave.
2: Football, 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 football. Down the stretch here couple of points to hit. Did you see the photo I sent over of a Chargers fan as Kenny Matthews from Seattle was running into the end zone? She's wearing a LT. I know you hate that. Ladanian Tomlinson, 21 L-T- jersey, and she has the double birds up. It, I'm so proud of that woman because it, it partially dispels the notion that there are no real Chargers fans. That's a real fan. When you're down and out and the running back pops off an 80-yard run There's only one way to behave lady fire up the double birds.
4: So basically you're telling me that's how the SO reacted as well.
2: Uh, Well, she was very frustrated. Um, No, she actually reacted by uh, trying to set a 2022 shot record for herself. So (laughs) as it turned out, she drank one of her friends under the table and she did. Okay. So uh, she's, she's as Mike Greenberg would say, she's back and better than ever with the shots. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Football, 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 football. I want to see if I have time to do this one. Yes, I do. East Coast fans can be crazy, and I I think Southern uh, college football fans can be crazy in the price that they're willing to pay. Um, And it's not just football. Like, the Phillies tickets, apparently, for the World Series are through the freaking roof. One of our friends, Brandon Tierney, is the spokesperson for a trip for Jets fans to go to Miami, right? Flight down there, little tailgate. It's twenty two hundred dollars a person. Like I, I like the Jets, and I, you know, I've lived and died with them in the past. The day that myself and someone else go for like forty five hundred dollars to go see a friggin' Jets game, I'm sorry. I mean, good, good for fans who are that into it. Nah,
4: no, buddy. Uh, listen, can I just can I take the hotel portion off and stay at Del Boca Vista instead? <laughs> Can I just? Uh, I'm sure the Seinfelds have a little extra room. I'll just.
1: Yep. El Boca Vista! All
2: right, we are out of here tomorrow. Silver Sevens, come by and see us as we start up a little early. Two o'clock, getting ready for Thursday night football.